Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Thursday, June 15th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about the crater economy. Sorry, the creator economy. The creator economy is going boom, and not in the good way. And we'll talk about that. But before we do, let's talk about what else is happening in the world of business and tech. Let's get crack-lack. All right, Juliet, what have you been following today? Well, there's some interesting news out of the EU where lawmakers have approved the EU AI Act, which if ultimately approved or ultimately passed, could ban or limit certain AI applications um, that are perceived to be risky towards people um, that could include things like predictive policing, social scoring, anything that could influence elections or algorithms would also require AI companies to label AI-generated content uh, so that people don't get confused by it and reveal any copyrighted data used to train models. This is not set in stone yet, but officials are hoping to have some sort of final agreement by the end of the year, which puts the EU very much ahead of the United States thus far when it comes to AI regulations. Very nice. I'm also looking at something way less serious, but (laughs) kind of serious. Um, So IKEA has an R&D lab called Space 10, and they used AI to design a couch. It is 22 pounds. It is made of recyclable materials, like the support is aluminum. Foam is made from mycelium, which is that that mushroom root structure we were talking about last week with the coffins. Sure. So it would biodegrade um, and wouldn't just sit in a landfill if if you got rid of it. And the cool thing is it comes flat packed in an envelope that you can carry because it's only 22 pounds. That's absurd. So a very interesting (laughs) design, yes. Wow. So... Very sustainable, super interesting, great for carless apartment dwellers like me. However, this is just an experiment, so you can't actually buy one of these couches yet. One day, one day, mm-hmm. <laughs> as our apartments continue to shrink. <laughs> yes, and it's modular, so it can be um, a bench, it can be a couch, it can be a bed. Very, uh, it's like a space station couch. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. What about you? Well, I've been following America's new number one draft pick. Uh, That is a pun. Uh, Basically, after accounting for 8.4% of U.S. beer sales in May, Modelo Especial is now America's top-selling beer, and that's a big deal because Bud Light, uh, which has been in sales decline amid these political boycotts, has held the crown since 2001, which I guess little brand lesson here uh, just comes to show you how important your brand is when your product really isn't that differentiated, right? Like, Blindfolded, most people probably can't tell the difference between these beers. But Ooh, I think I could. <laughs> oh, you think you could? <laughs> I just I prefer a Mexican lager to any okay. any American <laughs> session ale. I've I've got to say I'm I've, I would always drink like a Pacifico or a Tecate. I think I could. Yeah. Well, you are your palate is clearly far ahead of, of most of us, <laughs> Juliet. But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say far ahead when it comes to these particular beers, which are. Uh, 
known for their blandness. I wouldn't say they're bland. They're, they're light ales, though. Yeah. Well, it is an interesting story there. We'll see if Bud Light picks it back up. Also, the Federal Reserve broke its 10-meeting streak of increases, holding interest rates steady for now. If inflation does not ease by next month's meeting, officials suggested another rate hike will follow. Moving along, we hate to hear it. Speaker company Sonos is laying off 7% of its staff. In its most recent earnings report, Sonos said revenue declined almost 24% year over year to a little over $304 million. And last but not least, union leaders at UPS, the United Parcel Schwitzers, struck a tentative agreement to add AC and fans to the shipping carrier's iconic but also apparently extraordinarily hot fleet of 93,000 brown trucks. And with that, let's get to today's main story. So gold rushes are exciting. Uh, That is, unless you're the one with an empty pan at the end. Take it from startups built to serve creators nowadays, many of which are now coming up short on nuggets. But what a rush it has been for these startups in this sector. Since 2021, U.S. businesses selling products and tools that support creators, or basically the social media influencers who make the world go round, have raised more than $8.6 billion, according to the information. Uh, and that was it was actually pretty wild for a hot second there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking about creator economy, creator economy businesses and startups for the last couple of years. There have been hundreds of companies in this space launching, uh, raising literally billions of dollars, many of which were offering very similar, if not identical products to help content creators monetize their online followings, connect with fans, link to storefronts, offer courses, and more. But this has not been the case lately. Fundraising for the sector is down more than 90% this quarter compared to the same time two years ago when many of us were still kind of laying low in in our homes. And and now some businesses are starting to meet their makers to tell them they can't uh, continue helping uh, people produce viral content anymore. Now, since the start of 2022, at least 18 creator startups, according to the information, have either been acquired or shuttered, and many more are just running out of cash or pivoting away from uh, their creator focus. Of course, there are a group of these companies that have done and continue to do well. A few creators have done very, very well for themselves, but the fact of the matter is most just don't make enough money to pay for specialty services, let alone need need them to manage their sometimes one-person operations in the first place. Many of these companies were betting on the emergence of the fabled creator economy middle class, and that just hasn't materialized. Only 12% of full-time influencers make more than $50,000 a year. 46% don't make four digits, according to Linktree, which itself is a creator company that just shed 27% of its staff. So it's a tough time for the creator economy. Juliet, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, I don't really know any influencers who that's that's their full time job unless they're on OnlyFans, <laughs> which is, you know, a, it's a specialty. It's a niche. Um, it Yeah, it just seems like the market is flooded with creators. Everyone wants to be a creator. 
the people who got there first and amassed really large followings on other platforms, even going as far back as MySpace, I think are doing really well. People who have something really unique to offer, I think are doing really well. Like, um, who's that guy? All he does is point out how silly TikTok hacks are. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, niches like that, I'm sure, do great. But then again, it's just like, if you're some sort of beauty influencer, you're competing with, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of other beauty influencers. I think it's just really hard to score a piece of that market. And I also think a lot of brands, they don't necessarily want to pay you. They just want to give you free stuff. And that's cool if you like free stuff. (laughs) Who doesn't, I suppose. But you can't pay your rent with free stuff. So I think a lot of other people have, you know, other jobs. And I think it's hard to sustain being a creator when you go to work full time and you do all the other things we have to do. And then you have to do a video. I think it's I think it's very difficult, more difficult than it seems like when you look at people who already had a following or um, alternatively already had a lot of money from some other Mm -hmm. source where they don't have to work. Kabi Lame. I think is who you're referring to. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the, the most one. followed guy, guy on TikTok. Uh, yeah, he's doing well for himself, but he's obviously in the 1% of, of this sector. But yeah, I, I totally agree. And even from the, the company perspective, if you're a startup in this space, you know, and you make some kind of niche tool for creators to use on their accounts, if you're if you build a, a link platform, for instance, you just run the risk of a, a, a platform like TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, just eating your lunch and making the same mm-hmm. thing, offering the same thing. And so it's a really high risk space to have moved into. I think that obviously benefited greatly from the pandemic uh, at the height of the pandemic, but uh, less so now. And as we've learned, if your third party tool is really, really cool, Apple will just copy it. We talked about <laughs> Sherlocking recently on the pod or in the case of Reddit, they'll start charging uh, really high fees for their API and shut down all the third-party readers. That is why so many Reddit, I think it's now over 8,000 subreddits either are or have gone dark in protest. So even if you do make a tool that creators really love or users really love, you're still kind of beholden to the platform, which can decide, mm, we're just going to do this ourselves or make it impossible for you to do it. For sure. I, I will say, uh, while opportunities for creators and creator-focused companies are narrowing and becoming increasingly tough. If you want to buck this trend, I I would recommend looking into the lucrative world of pet influencing, Mm. uh, (laughs) which we will save for another episode. Yeah, I love it. All right, bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter, which you can sign up for at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have an awesome Thursday. We'll catch you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. 
He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 